the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good number two is underway on this Thursday, the 19th morning of the final month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks again to Kurt Schlichter, senior columnist at townhall.com. Great conversation last hour. We want to start this hour as we do each and every Thursday when his schedule permits with a conversation with one of the leading evangelicals in the United States. He is a uh, nationally respected public speaker. He is a columnist with the Washington Times. He is an author and he is the past president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He is also a movie star. We talked about that last week because he's featured in um, Dennis Prager and Adam Corolla's No Safe Spaces. He is Dr. Everett Piper. Joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer once again. Dr. Piper, Merry Christmas to you, sir. How are you? You beat me to the punch. I'm doing well, and Merry Christmas to you. Did you happen to see, because you're a, you're a Twitter uh, warrior, and uh, you do some great work on there, by the way. Uh, did you happen to see the Twitter outburst uh, against Neil Gorsuch when the Justice of the Supreme Court, the Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, greeted the Fox and Friends crew uh, on Tuesday morning, I believe it was? Yeah, it was Tuesday morning by saying Merry Christmas to Ainsley Earhart. The left went crazy. I didn't see that, really. Oh. Oh my goodness! I mean, I'm not yeah. surprised, but I didn't see it. What did they do? I, I saw it live uh, because I, I listened to Hugh Hewitt in the morning, and when he's in commercial, I flip on Fox and Friends and I turn them up, and I saw his interview. He was there promoting his book and talking about, you know, his his work on the court and so on. But he greeted he greeted the the crew there with a Merry Christmas, and it, I mean, you would have thought that he just I, I I don't know took a torch to the Constitution or something because the left went crazy saying this is the the type of activist judge who is trying to impose his religious beliefs on Americans. This is uh, you know, I cannot believe he said Merry Christmas on, on live television. They went crazy. And, and that anecdote in and of itself tells everybody listening to you today why they must vote for Donald Trump. Because doing otherwise 
is to uh, bow at the knee, bow the knee to the altar of these leftists who think the (laughs) Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America should not be permitted to even utter the words, Merry Christmas in the public square. Voting for anybody but Trump is going to enslave you to the bondage of the progressive left that thinks they can tell you what kind of language you can use down to the point where you can't even say Merry Christmas. Very well said. And if you get a chance, if you have any downtime today, just go ahead and search him, search Neil Gorsuch as a topic, not the man, on Twitter, and uh, you'll see everything that came up 48 hours ago, and you'll, you'll be amazed, Dr. Piper. It's crazy. All right, I'm going to read a very, very short passage uh, of the words of Dr. Everett Piper, and then I'm going to ask you to respond. Um, anyone who is pro-abortion is not on my side anyone who calls women pigs ugly fat and pieces of a are not is not on my side anyone who mocks the handicapped is not on my side anyone who has argued the merits of a government takeover of banks student loans the auto industry and health care is not on my side anyone who's been on the cover of playboy and is proud of it who brags of, of his sexual history with multiple women and owns strip clubs in his casinos is not on my side anyone who believes the government can wrest control of the definition of marriage from the church is not on my side and anyone who ignores the separation of powers and boasts of making the executive branch even more imperial is not on my side. Those were the words of Dr. Everett Piper a little over three years ago when you were asked whether or not you would follow uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. in inviting a candidate Donald Trump to your university, Oklahoma Wesleyan, after he went down to Liberty University. You wrote a very impassioned article as to why you would not welcome such a man into uh into onto your campus here we are three years later and you are one of the most outspoken supporters of this man dr piper tell us what happened in the last three years to change you in great measure i was wrong not now let me clarify and i may make some listeners angry in what i'm going to say right now i still don't believe donald trump is lily white uh some of his language bothers me some of his attitude bothers me Uh, I think he should lay off of Twitter and stop mocking people and stop belittling people. I don't think he needs to do that. Uh, I still am not convinced, as some of my peers are, that he has had a dramatic conversion and that uh, his moral life uh, is, is, uh, well, let me be fair. There's no evidence in the last 10, 15 years that he has uh, engaged in any uh, moral improprieties uh, that I'm aware of, let's say the last decade. But prior to that, he was boastful of it, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so I'm running around the barn to answer your question. So why do I support the man today? And why do I think I have no option, nor does anybody else that believes in life and liberty, have any option other than to vote for him in this election season? Very clearly, the man is pro-life. I didn't think he was. The guy is pro-religious freedom. I didn't think he was. The guy is pro-liberty and pro-constitution. I didn't think he was. So for life and liberty and for the preservation of a free republic and a free people, a free society, a free church, a free you and a free me, I have no option but to vote for Donald Trump because I was wrong. He is the most pro-life president we've had in generations. He used to be pro-abortion. He's on record uh, espousing it. But I don't know what happened in his life. Something has changed, and now he is pro-life. So this man supports the right of our youngest infants to live. This man supports my right to my religious beliefs and practices. 
I don't know that he shares those beliefs. I don't know that he shares those practices. But like Constantine of old, he's patting the church on the head, and he's saying, be released to do your good work. We won't mess with you any longer. We won't persecute you any longer. We won't execute you any longer. You can be Christian. Thank God for Constantine, and thank God for a president who's allowing to do, us to do the, thing, the same thing. Now, let me say this. Constantine did not convert to Christianity until his deathbed. Some people think he became a Christian at the Battle of the Bridge of Milan, and that he became a Christian at that time. That is not true. However, he did believe that something special took place and that it was God's providence that gave him victory, and he started showing favor to Christianity because of that vision that he had. For the rest of his life, he gave Christians favor. He did not convert to Christianity, and as a Roman emperor, he probably had a lot of things in his life that were bad. These guys did not live moral lives. I still think the Church was right at that time to say thank you for Constantine. Diocletian isn't executing us any longer for recreation. Constantine has given us life, and he's given us liberty. Thank God for Constantine. I feel the same way today about Trump. Very interesting analogy. We're talking to Dr. Everett Piper. Now, I'll say this. um, I agree with almost every word you said um, about why you support the president now. Uh, I was in a similar situation as you uh, in 2015 when he announced, and in 2016 when he ran all the way up to the convention. I was a supporter of some other people, and a lot of the reasons you just outlined are why I did not support Donald Trump. So let me say I do agree with you, but for the sake of discussion, devil's advocate it's not even devil's advocacy but uh what do you say to people who say to me hey france hey piper you've been hoodwinked your initial suspicions of this man were the accurate ones he is only changing what he says he believes for political purposes he claimed he wasn't a politician but he became one really fast he's lying about what he really believes and what he really uh thinks and 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 how he really feels just so that you will support him you have had the wool pulled over your eyes you guys. Uh, What do we say back to them, Dr. Piper? Two things. Number one, show me the proof that he's lying about being pro-life. Show me the proof that he's lying about being pro-religious freedom, pro-First Amendment and Second Amendment. I just want to see the proof. So if you're going to make that claim, show me the proof. Okay? Now, if you show me the proof that he's only supporting pro-life and pro-liberty, pro-Constitution positions because he's trying to gain political favor and the vote, so what? (laughs) He is still protecting our religious freedom. If it's for political expediency rather than true conversion, so what? I'll go back to my Constantine analogy. Is it possible that he supported the Church and made it legal because it was politically expedient and Christianity was 20% of the population of Rome at the time, and he saw an advantage of of, uh, aligning himself with this growing minority, it's possible. And in fact, it may be likely that it was politically expedient of Constantine to do that, because again, he showed no evidence of Christian conversion until his deathbed. So, yes, Constantine was being politically expedient. He wasn't sincere in believing that Christianity had any value. He was just using Christians for political gain. So what? In God's providence, the church was released. It was free. It had liberty. The execution of infants a la abortion was stopped. The treating of women like chattel 
uh, within the harems of the various different Roman elite was stopped. Women were shown dignity, human beings were shown freedom, children were, were, were protected, and all of these goods that the, ch- that the church stood for was released because of Constantine, politically expedient or not. So what? Very well said. Dr. Piper, we're going to take our time out here, and on the other side, to give you a little heads up, I'm going to ask you about one of the commandments, about bearing false witness. And I want to ask your opinion of what we heard from Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats who voted to nullify the will and the vote of the people from 2016. They were bearing false witness against their neighbor, and the impact on all of us uh, could be very severe. Dr. Piper responds to that next on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority, here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1022, now we continue on AM 1420, The Answer, with uh, Dr. Everett Piper uh, joining us. Uh, Dr. Piper, so... The Democrats told the American people as a part of their show, and this is a Broadway show uh, or a Hollywood production, to take your pick, um, that they, they really don't want to be doing what they did yesterday. They don't want to impeach the president. Nobody came to Congress hoping to have to do something like this. This is terrible. We are, in fact, very, very prayerful about this. We don't want to have to do this, but he has left us no choice. Our Constitution is under attack. Our national security and the sanctity of our elections are under attack by this man. We have to do this. And they dressed all in black yesterday to put on that show. They were told to dress in dark clothing in, in almost a funereal type of uh, atmosphere and to not celebrate when the uh, passage of the uh, impeachment articles happens uh, because we're somber about this. We're very sad about this. Uh, they lied. They lied every step of the way to get from where they were to where they are. They lied about their reasons. Uh, I guess what I'm asking is, and you know, remember, Joe Biden very recently was denied communion for his um, uh, stances on abortion and uh, and, and other things. Uh, he is supposed to be a Catholic. Nancy Pelosi is supposed to be a Catholic. Uh, these individuals are all bearing false witness against their neighbor. They're bearing false false witness to the United States about their motives. Um, how do you how do you analyze? How do you react to what you have heard from them in this process? Well, it's one of the reasons I could never vote for the Democratic Party. It's a party of deception. It's a party of power. It's a party of abuse. It's a party of condescension. It's a party of smarter than those that want to tell all the rest of us how to run our lives when they themselves are always guilty of the very sins that they condemn in others. I'll say that again. They themselves are always guilty of the very sins they condemn in others. It's a party of projection. They're projecting their own guilt, their own behavior upon everybody else. They fuss and fret about Donald Trump's sexual picadillos that they are having a difficult time nailing him down on because apparently he's been behaving himself in recent years. But because he was sexually promiscuous in his past, that makes him a bad person. While they themselves are waving the banner of sexual immorality right and left and accusing everybody else of being a prude and being somehow judgmental if they are called on it. They are hypocrites and duplicitous at every turn. At every turn. They're, 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 uh, they're uh, calling for the impeachment of the president because of an abuse of power when they themselves are drunk on power. They're calling for 
the president to be removed from office because he's obstructed Congress? It's his job to obstruct Congress. It's called the separation of powers. That is what's going on right now. It's a party of projection where they're guilty of the very same things. They, they, they say that Donald Trump isn't telling the truth, but then they come forward into the public square and they lie about the very thing that's leading them to impeach him because he's a liar. Duplicitous and hypocrisy at every turn. Are you insulted by them as insulted as I am, Dr. Piper? I, I am, I'm insulted you know, my, that, that they think, think so little of my intelligence, that they're going to play this, we're somber, we're prayerful, we don't want to do this. When I, can, I do it on a daily basis. I play audio of Nancy Pelosi ta- uh, talking about how impeachments began two and a half years ago, but the phone call that they're impeaching them on only happened three months ago. Or four, well, now about four months ago. Um, I, I play Maxine Waters daily, screaming impeach 45 from the day he was inaugurated. I play exactly. Al Green, et cetera, et cetera. And, and now they're trying to tell us, no, this, this thing just happened. A whistleblower came forward and showed us something that we had to react to. I, I'm just insulted, and I think that bothers me as much as anything they're doing to him is what they think of us. And it should insult you. And it should insult everybody else listening right now. Donald Trump and his, uh, I assume his campaign staff, put out a meme yesterday. It's in black and white. It's very well done. It has Donald Trump just staring at you, pointing the finger at you, kind of like an Uncle Sam. I saw it. And it says, in reality, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way. If he stays on that message, that it's about you, that it's about us, that it's not about me, it's about we, if he stops talking about, I did this and I did that, and I, I'm going to criticize right now, he's guilty of focusing on himself too much. But I think he's onto something brilliant right now. It's not about them impeaching him. It's about, it's about them impeaching us. They are impeaching the deplorables. They are impeaching the guy like you and me who dares to raise his hand and say, well, wait a second, I disagree. They are trying to silence you. They are trying to expel you. They are trying to impeach you. It is about them going after us and impeaching us, not just the president of the United States. He's just in the way. If he stays on that message, he wins. Dr. Piper, um, there's a, there's a, about a one-minute-long video clip that's making the rounds this morning of President Trump in an interview he did about one of his books years ago about revenge and about um, uh, not turning the other cheek. And I'm going to play just part of this for you and ask you for your opinion on it, particularly as it relates to one of the other hot-button issues to arise from yesterday, and that is President Trump's comments about John Dingell. Um, listen to this, and then I'll get your reaction. Oops, hold on. I apologize. i got to push the right button there, not the wrong button. Yeah, here's uh, the portion of that. About getting even, the importance of getting even. Is, is revenge sweet? I believe strongly in getting even. If somebody has hurt you, if somebody's gone out of their way to hurt you, I think that if you have the opportunity, you should certainly go out of your way to do a number on them. And I've had more criticism about that one statement in my book than any other statement. The clergy is called, the ministers, the priests, the rabbis, they've all said, what a terrible thing to say. That's against our teachings. I just believe it. I believe in an eye for an eye. If you did... 
He said, I believe in an eye for an eye, and I'm wondering if that isn't this, the mentality that he still carries as it pertains to what he said yesterday. There's been a big uproar about his comments about John Dingell perhaps looking up at him rather than looking down on him, the now-deceased congressman from, from, from uh, Michigan, who left this world with some parting shots at Donald Trump. Literally, as he was in hospice care on the day of his death, he dictated a farewell message to his wife and included some very harsh words for Donald Trump. Uh, I think what we heard yesterday was Donald Trump saying, hey, if people go in on you, you go right back in on them, whether they're alive or dead. Can you speak to forgiveness and whether or not this is yeah, something that, that will harm the president? That's that's where I think um, we need to criticize Trump, criticizing when he's wrong and thanking mm-hmm. when he's right. I'm going to thank him for supporting life. I'm going to thank him for supporting my First Amendment and Second Amendment rights. I'm going to thank him for supporting the Constitution and defending our sovereign borders. Thank you, President Trump. But please stop this stuff, because it's immature, and it's beneath you, and it doesn't need to be said. And if you want me to be able to support you as a Christian, unapologetically, I don't need to be put in the position of having to excuse you for saying things like that that are just antithetical to Christian faith. That was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. And you shouldn't be seeking revenge as a Christian. You should be seeking what's right and just and true and good. And the defense of liberty and the defense of life is where he should stand, and he should stop the other stuff. Very, very interesting response, and I think very, a very good response as well. I don't, I'm not a big fan of those things either. I also don't think it's a reason to turn against him, as you said, because of all of the great things that he has stood for and has done for this country and for life and more. But yeah, I kind of agree. Let's not uh, distract from that great work with uh, little petty insults and uh, uh, revenge statements and so on and so forth that uh, that don't do anyone any good. Dr. Everett Piper, uh, I started the interview with it, and I will end it. Merry Christmas to you. The next time we will talk will be post-Christmas, and uh, and I certainly look forward to that, sir. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you very much. Dr. Everett Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. We're back with your phone calls after this on the Bob France Authority. Ten thirty-seven. Good morning, once again. Thanks for being with us. We got twenty-three minutes of outstanding, awesome left for you on the program today. Mike Gallagher coming up at eleven o'clock. Dennis Prager, Doctor G, Sebastian Gorka, Jay Secular Live, and Larry Elder. Stay here for the best analysis and information regarding yesterday's uh, historic. It is. I hate using that word and falling in line with the uh, liberal uh, networks, but it is when when it's only happened three times in uh, presidential history out of forty-five. Uh, would have been four if Nixon hadn't resigned. Uh, an impeachment of the president is historic. Um, it's ridiculous. In fact, this one is more historic than really than you would think because it's not really just the third. It's the first to be as extraordinarily unconstitutional. It's the first to be so extraordinarily uh, political. It's the first to be so extraordinarily partisan. There were Democrats who agreed with Republicans in impeaching Bill Clinton. There are no Republicans who voted and agreed with the Democrats to impeach Donald Trump. It's purely partisan. In fact, the only bipartisanship is on the flip side. Because there is bipartisan opposition to impeaching Donald Trump. Three Democrats voted against the articles of impeachment yesterday with the Republicans. One voted present, not for nor against. So um, 
really it is historic even in a in a in a different way uh you know as as it pertains to that part of this now a side story from yesterday's impeachment vote is president trump speaking in battle creek michigan he had a, a phenomenal event, same thing as always, just packed to the gills with people who waited in freezing single-digit temperatures, lined up for blocks and blocks and blocks to get into this building in Battle Creek yesterday to show their support for the president, and he did not disappoint. Do you what we've done with the economy, with our great vets, with choice. You finally got choice. They've been trying to get it for almost 50 years. Four more years, indeed. The, tr- the crowd would not uh, stop. They they just continued to show unfettered support and loyalty to the president, who has done so much for this country against all opposition in the face of all obstruction from the Democrat-controlled Congress. And I, look, I don't want to get into this too too in deep uh, in depth, rather. But but really, can you imagine how much better things could be? If if they didn't, if they just treated Donald Trump like any other president and just said, we don't agree with the guy's policies, but we got to work with him. We don't agree with the guy's policies, but we got to get, and we don't agree with his personality, rather, but we got to get things done for the American people. If the Congress actually worked with him instead of investigating and trying to impeach him for the last three years, how much better could it be? I mean, we're at, we're at record low unemployment in so many different demographics, 50-year low in unemployment overall, uh, n- new stock uh, market records, uh, Dow Jones uh, uh, closes, record closes every other day. I mean, literally about 110 times this year alone, we've hit a new high. So our 401ks are exploding. Our our uh, returns on investments are growing. Uh, wages are high. I mean, we, I don't want to get too in-depth there, but the president has made so many things happen. Our military is rebuilt. Um, in the face of all of the obstruction, in the face of all of the antagonism from the other party, can you imagine if we were actually just doing our work the way we're supposed to do it, how much better things would be? He's doing this in the face of all of that. So four more years, four more years indeed. But the side story to this is he made a comment yesterday about uh, deceased Congressman John Dingell, who was a, you know, revered in the state of Michigan, where he was yesterday. And uh, he was he was asked about uh, the congressman looking down on him and what he would say now. And uh, he said, well, maybe he's looking up on me, uh, up at me. In other words, implying that maybe he's not in heaven, but he's in hell. And then he changed it and said, but of course, we'll assume that he's in heaven. But it was enough to send the Trump haters off, you know, in a tizzy. Uh, how dare you? It's the worst thing in the world that somebody could say. It is It is disgusting. Here's Debbie He Stata. is trying to take away people's health care. And so that's what I want to litigate in Michigan. Senator, I know that I probably shouldn't be surprised anymore by Donald Trump's cruelty, but his comments last night about the late Congressman John Dingell, really, it was yet another low of lows. And what did you make of Donald Trump choosing to single out the late Congressman last night in Michigan? Yeah. And I'm going to stop it there because Debbie Stabenow's answer doesn't even matter because the questioner from MSNBC said what Debbie Stabenow's going to say it was mean and it's cruel. So, you know, there it's just a mutual admiration society there, and that's fine. Um, but this is why I asked the question of Dr. Piper. One of the very last things that John Dingle did before he passed away, sadly, 
was he took some some cheap shots at Donald Trump. I mean, this is a headline from U.S. News & World Report. Dingle's farewell message to America includes dig at Trump. On the day of his death, longtime rep John Dingle dictated a farewell message to America and used some final words to criticize President Trump. And as, pres- as the president has made clear with, with the John McCain story, um, just because one combatant in a political fight passes away it doesn't mean that the issue is over for the surviving combatant. Um, John McCain said some pretty bad things about Donald Trump when he was alive. Donald Trump said some pretty bad things about John McCain when John McCain was alive. John McCain's death doesn't mean now we're all friendly and you know the the uh, uh, the, the things that were said went away. You know we're we're, we're not. We're not at peace now just because one of us has, has passed on. I would, I'm still upset by and offended by what he said about me and on and on. Same thing goes with Dingle here. John Dingle, literally on the day he died, rather than just speaking to his family and about his family and maybe his constituents, he took some ch- shots at Donald Trump, calling him, uh, you know, essentially, uh, you know, a monarch, that kind of thing, using the presidential bully pulpit to force things, et cetera. So, uh, for Donald Trump, it's like, look, just because he passed away doesn't mean I can't respond to some of the things he said about me. When somebody passed, I'll put it to you this way. When Ted Kennedy passed away, did criticism for Chappaquiddick uh, become out of bounds? Did criticism for letting a woman die suddenly, no, he died. How dare you speak, speak ill of the dead? When someone passes away, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is forgotten. So, And I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying the way that it is. Not saying that there's any, you know, moral, um, uh, I'm trying to find a word to, to describe this. I'm not suggesting that it is morally superior or morally acceptable for someone to speak ill of the dead, but I'm saying this is the way that it goes. Things aren't just forgotten. And I bring that up, of course, because of the clip that I played for Dr. Piper. This is an older clip. Don't know exactly when, but this is Donald Trump talking about his philosophy on revenge. And his philosophy on an eye for an eye. And you'll see why he has this, this philosophy has served him so well in private business and in public politics. Um, this is just who the man you is. You talk in your book about getting even, the importance of getting even. Is, is revenge sweet? I believe strongly in getting even. If somebody has hurt you, if somebody's gone out of their way to hurt you, I think that if you have the opportunity, you should certainly go out of your way to do a number on them. And I've had more criticism about that one statement in my book than any other statement. The clergy is called, the ministers, the priests, the rabbis, they've all said, what a terrible thing to say. That's against our teachings. I just believe, I believe in an eye for an eye. If you did turn the other cheek, as the clergy are presumably suggesting to you, what would that do to your reputation in business circles here in New York? Well, I don't know what it would do to my reputation. I just don't believe instinctively in turning the other cheek. If somebody was out to hurt you, if somebody was out to do a number on you, I really believe that you should just do a number on them if you get the chance. Can you give me an example? Well, there were people that I really helped in business when things were very good in the 1980s and when my company was going good. And... They did not lift a finger to help me when I needed it. And there were a couple of them that could have very easily helped me. Now I have the opportunity to do a number of those people. And I will tell you, I'm having a lot of fun with the opportunity. 
That's I don't have a date for that interview. Um, it sounds like it was from the '90s. He was obviously still, you know, a business mogul. He was referencing back in the '80s. Then things went south for him. We all know that he lost a lot of money, and then he rebuilt his empire again. And so, that's the philosophy he had in business. I think it's a philosophy he has in politics, and I think it's something that has served him well. Again, not saying it's right. But he does not believe in letting somebody take advantage of him or take shots at him without taking shots back. Uh, you might call it juvenile. You know, cog- I mean, Congressman. Uh, uh, Dr. Piper uh, said that it's juvenile and you shouldn't do it. He should, uh, he should not say these kinds of things. Uh, he should grant forgiveness to those who have wronged him, just as he is asking for forgiveness for his past wrongs. That is probably the right way to go. But it's not his way. This is who he is, and it has served him very well. I don't think that's going to change. All right, you want to react to it? Dial 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Paul has been waiting ever so patiently in Akron, and he's now on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Paul, go ahead. Hi, I was just wondering how long it'll be before the taking away of executive privilege protection comes back on the Democrats since they were that's where they get their obstruction of Congress article. Because yeah, I remember that Obama used it to protect Holder from criminal charges. And I do remember when Harry Reid changed the rules so judges could be confirmed with a simple majority, which, of course, gave Trump the ability to appoint 170 judges that they could not stop like they have in the past. Well, you're exactly right. He has taken advantage of those new rules, and you're, it's a really good question about executive privilege. I don't know uh, that that is ever going to be revoked, even to stop Donald Trump, uh, if the Democrats, uh, you know, take control of the Senate and have the full uh, opportunity to do so, um, because the they did use it. Well, it, it is. I mean, executive privilege is why the uh, obstruction of Congress article of impeachment is bogus because he does have executive privilege about who he allows to go testify and who he does not. There are some things that for national security's sake that the commander in chief is allowed to keep private conversations. He has had with, uh, you know, with part members of his inner circle have to remain private and privileged uh, in order to protect the presidency and and in some ways the national security. So I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. Obama used it. President Trump is using it. And I think that's why the Senate will acquit him in large part because they they know that that article article of impeachment is indeed fraudulent. Yeah, and that's what but that's what they used. His obstruction was his executive privilege. So yeah, well, you're right. I know that. Like I said, but but, but we know that. that's wrong, Paul, and that's what the Senate is going to say when they quit him and saying there is no obstruction of uh, obstruction of Congress here because the president is priv- well, does have have that have that uh, executive privilege and can indeed uh, refuse to allow people that are close to him that have you know sometimes top secret information to keep that uh, private. I hope you're right because that that's what they've done basically yeah. is tried to do away with that. Yeah, that's what they're trying okay. to do. But I don't think I don't think it'll succeed with this in the, in the Senate, and I don't think it'll it'll get changed in the future either. Uh, thank you, my friend. Let's go to uh, BJ. Is in North Homestead. Hi, BJ. Go ahead. Thank you. You're excellent today, Bob. Your program is terrific, and and thank your you. thoughts. I appreciate them very much. Thank you, sir. I'd like you to picture Nancy Pelosi standing up there as the Speaker of the House with a book in her hand that says, The Truth of Morality. And she looks out there and she says to them while she's making the sign of the cross, not only do we believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but this is the book of morality, and I'm going to show you what I'm going to do to it. I'm going to spit on it. 
Donald Trump has every right to use the language and the words he does because these people spit in the face of God. They spit in the face of the American public. Nancy Pelosi is a disgrace. She should be ex. I don't even want to use the word excommunicated. She's as much Catholic as enough of that. <clears throat> so Donald Trump and his harsh language is giving the American public backbone. You don't think they went around sweet-talking the Germans and the Japanese during World War II, do you, or, or in Vietnam or anyone else this, this, this country's gone on? But they always took care of the children. That's what the American people did. You see pictures of GIs giving children bread and food in, in these countries that they're into. This is not a cruel country. But we have a cruel Democratic Party that's willing to kill babies and wants to kill senior citizens next. So Donald Trump is not being harsh. He's an awakening person. Donald Trump has more morality in his little figure than the entire Democratic Socialist Communist Party called the Democrats. And I'm going to tell you this. I said this on the 9th of this month when they started this crap. That would be a day in infamy. Look at what's going on. Political day in infamy, if I may. Not not globally. Sure. But we are awakening. Your generation, Bob, is the one that's going to find voice. You've got children and grandchildren coming in the future. Your generation has to have the backbone Donald Trump has. Thank you so much for your time, and Merry Christmas, Bob. Merry Christmas to you as well, BJ. I do appreciate that. I appreciate your thoughts. It's 1052. I've got time for a couple more phone calls. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get you next before we're done on AM 1420, The Answer. France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 10.55, time to get a couple more in. The longest uh, waits are going to get on the air before we head out of here. Uh, Tony in South Euclid, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, Tony. Yes, how you doing, sir? Okay, yeah, uh... Hey, I want to uh, mention that Mr. Piper, I thought it was a very good interview or uh, comments that he made. I do have uh, a couple of things that I've been pro, pro-Trump pro ever since pro-Trump, uh, ever since Trump ran, even before uh, Obama. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but I was behind him when he backed out of the race uh, back before Obama won. And I got to say this, I agree everything, almost 99% of Mr. Trump. And one of the things is I do believe eye, in, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And I can say this, look, don't we, don't, don't we have the death penalty? Isn't that eye for an eye? Uh, what about our justice system? Isn't that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth? Um, remorse uh, we can inject into this whole equation, and it seems we lessen the crime if, if the... Uh, if the uh, criminal does have some type of remorse. Um, so it's the same, more or less, with Christianity or any way you believe in, in religion, however you believe. Um, so it's no different. It's no different eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, or way, however you want to... Tony, the only thing that I would say in response, and i got to jump in to get some other people on, is I would say this. Uh, um, what, what Dr. Piper was trying to say 
is that forgiveness is a two-way street. President Trump has, in his past, done some pretty bad things when he in his private life, right? You know, we know about all of the issues with the philandering and the adultery and this and that and the other and being pro-abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. He strongly defended that, etc. And he has changed, and he is asking for forgiveness for some of those past beliefs and transgressions and so on and so forth, and, the, and he should be given those things. And as such, Dr. Piper's point is, you need to forgive others who have wronged you. And you need to forgive others who have said things about you, and you don't need to turn it into an eye for an eye, lest other people. So, you know, it's kind of, and I don't want to sit here and preach because I'm not capable or qualified to be a preacher, but judge not lest ye be judged is kind of the message, I think, that Dr. Piper was talking about. Mike in Akron next. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Hey, thank you, Dr. Or Bob. I appreciate it. Great show today. Love the uh, uh, segment with uh, Dr. Everett Piper. I correct your previous caller. Uh, justice is about the government, not personal revenge, and that's that's the greater point that Dr. Everett was making. It's you know we have a justice system. That's why we have the death penalty, and that's why I believe in it. It's not an eye for an eye thing. It's a justice thing. Anyhow, uh, I well said. Say by the way, I agree with that. I agree. Go ahead. Thank. In addition to what he said, uh, uh, Dr. Everett Piper said that uh, you know a president is pro life, pro religious freedom, pro liberty, pro constitution, pro first and second amendment. I would also say he's pro jobs, pro four hundred one k. Mine's way up this year, pro-military, pro-peace, and pro-America, unlike any other president in my lifetime. So I just wanted to add that to it. Thank you for your show today. I like it. Mike, I like it. That's a great message. Thank you so much. James in Lorraine County, I've only got 20 seconds. James, go ahead. Great. Hey, Bob, thanks. I wanted to know if you noticed the brilliant move by Jim Jordan and the controlling the game cop yesterday by introducing the motion to adjourn, push back, the clock and enabled everybody to see what was happening on the floor. I did. Uh, yeah, I, I did. And in fact, we, we talked about that. Thank you, James. I, we talked about that really briefly with uh, Congressman Jordan yesterday uh, when he came on and uh, right after they had tried to do that exact procedure. Uh, that's all the time that I've got. If I left you on hold, I do apologize, but we are out of time. Thanks for being with us today. Stay here. Mike Gallagher's next, and we'll see you Friday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.